guys. Thank you so much for being here today. Where'd all you people come from? <laughs> Look up and there's a whole bunch of people. Hey, they just, just poured through. Guys, thank y'all so much uh, for being here today. And I, just a couple things before I get into the message. Um, if it's your first time here, I want to say welcome to Waterhouse Church. We're so glad you came. Here's the easiest way for you to get information about the church uh, or if you need anything at all. We have a text number. It's 817-803-3131. Um, if you text GIFT, G-I-F-T, to that number, It'll send you a little connection card for you to fill out, and we'll send you a little uh, gift card in the mail. Just say thank you for being here today. Also, uh, that same number, that 817-813 or 803-3131, that number is good for anything. If you just need a prayer request or if you have any, any questions about the church, um, you, can, you can just text that number and we'll get back with you. If you text the word updates, um, it's going to put you on our, our update list, and so you get texts about what we're doing in the church and things that are going on, like Monday morning, uh, we're, we are taking a group to go serve at Center of Hope. We're going to serve uh, lunch to those people over there, pray with them. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you haven't signed up for that, uh, please do that if you haven't had the opportunity. Uh, it's always a good time. And also, just that gives you more information about what's going on as we move forward. So updates to 817-803-3131. There's my plug for the day. Also, uh, we do not take offering up during service. Uh, there's some boxes in the back. If you feel led to give, that'd be awesome. Or you could go online. Um, to our website to do that, or you can text that number again, 817-803-3131. Just text give to that number, and it'll give you a little uh, deal to do that as well. And so today I want to talk to you about um, the thing that it's all about. You know, why do we, why do we come together as a church? Why do we uh, give our lives to Jesus? What is this Christian faith all about? Why do we even come, and why do we even need Jesus in our lives? What is this thing all about. You know, in this, in this Bible, from the beginning page to the end page, it's all about this one thing. It's all about this one thing. We read in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So what's there in the beginning? God's presence. What's in the end? Revelation 22, 3, 5 says, No longer will there be a curse upon anything, for the throne of God and the Lamb will be there. And His servants will worship Him, and they will see His face, and His name will be written on their foreheads. And there will be no, no night there, no need for lamps or sun, for the Lord God will shine on them, and they will reign forever and ever. What's at the end? The presence of God. It's all about the presence. All these songs we sang today was about God's presence. Our faith is all about the presence of God. From the beginning of this book to the end of this book, everything written in here, every story, every trial, every trouble, every tribulation, every victory, every joy, every promise, every bit of this is about the presence of God. The presence of God. Why do we believe in Jesus? Because we believe that God wants us to be present with him. It's all about the presence of God. And I'm telling you, so many of us uh, 
If we just understood this idea that it's all about the presence of God, if I just sought the presence of God, our lives would be so much richer, so much fuller, so much better. People give up oftentimes because that God doesn't deliver to them in a way that they think he should deliver to them. But God has delivered everything already. Just because he doesn't give you what you want at that moment doesn't mean that God hasn't made a good plan for you. Revelation 21 says this, and I don't think I gave it to them, so you'll just have to follow with me if you can. Uh, just also another quick plug, if you have the Bible app, um, you can go to events on the Bible app, and all these notes are on there as well. Um, and so that's just a quick plug about the Bible app. So Revelation 21 says this, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. Where's the dwelling place of God? Are you paying attention? With man. Mankind. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. And I love this. What happens in the presence of God? He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be there no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away, and he who is seated on the throne will say, Behold, I am making all things new. And he also said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. It's done. It's already done. It's done. He goes, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. What is heaven about? It's about the presence. Anywhere the presence of God is, there also is the kingdom of God. See, it's all about the presence. Everything about our faith is about the presence, and we forget about that so often. We, we often, as Christians, make uh, our faith about so many other things, don't we? We make it about what God can do for us or what God doesn't do for us, what God can do for our country, what God can do through our political parties, what God can do through all these social movements. But what is really our faith about? It's about the presence of God. And where the presence of God is, then all of those things come together and for His glory. It's all about the presence. It's all about the presence. What's the prize for believers? When you give your life to Jesus, it's not about just getting out of heaven. I mean, getting out of hell. Yeah, you want to get into heaven. It's not about just getting out of hell. It's about not just getting into heaven, but it's about the presence of God. You know, I don't know about you, but I don't want to go to heaven if God's not there. I don't want to go to heaven if Jesus is not there waiting for me. Yes, I want to see my family again. Yes, I want to see my loved ones and the people that, that I love and that know Jesus. Yes, I want to see those people again. But just to be in his presence. Just to be in his presence. That's what matters the most. If Christ isn't there, then I don't want to be there. Because in him, we find the fullness of joy. In Christ, in the presence of God, we find everything that we need. See, the presence is the prize. The presence is the prize. It's his presence. You know that song uh, came out a few years ago called I Can Only Imagine? Love that song. Man, can you imagine when you get to see God in his fullness? I can only imagine what my heart would feel, right? 
Will I stand in your presence? To my knees will I fall? I don't know what I'll do in his presence. Probably tremble. Hit my knees. Go in for a big hug. I don't know. But he is the one that my heart loves. He is present. Always. You don't have to wait to be present with God. You don't have to wait to death. You can be present with God right now. And if you are in Jesus Christ, if you are in Christ, you've given your life to Christ, then you are also in the presence of Almighty God because He is the Alpha and the Omega, and He is the in-between. He's not just there in the beginning. He's not just there in the end, but He's there in every space of your life. In the in-between. In our sickness, He is present. For the believer, he is present in my pain. He is present. In my pleasure, he is present. In my fear, he is present. In my trust, he's present. In my darkest moments, he's present. In my brightest moments, he's present. In all of my suffering, he is present. In all of my joy, he is present. It's all about the presence of God. I love Psalm 139. It says this. It went away. There it is. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never escape from your presence, God. I can never get away from your presence. If I go to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. God's presence is everywhere. If I ride to the wings of morning, if I dwell on the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me, and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. Man, so many of us try to hide from God. You can't hide from God. He's everywhere. He's not just in this building. He's not just in any church building. God is everywhere. He's omnipresent. And he's always present, even when you don't think he is. He's present. I cannot hide from you. To the night, to the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. God sees through it all because God created it all. God knows where you're at and he fills in the gaps because he's there present with you no matter what you're going through. In his presence, we find fullness of joy. In his presence, we have what we need. And if you're careful, if you're not careful, you lose your faith because you put your faith in the wrong thing. You didn't put your faith in the presence of God. You put your faith in the presence of God, what he can give you. And you get angry and mad when God doesn't deliver the way that you think he should. But really, he's already delivered, like I said earlier. He's given you everything. His presence is there. I love Ephesians 3, 12, because it reminds us that we can walk boldly into the presence of God and find him. Because of Christ... This is what it's all about, guys. This is what our faith is all about. Because of Christ and our faith in Him, we can now boldly and confidently walk into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials. This is Paul writing because he's going through a lot of stuff. He goes, even though I'm suffering because I'm suffering for you, so you should feel honored. He's saying, don't worry about what I'm going through. You have been bought by a price through Jesus Christ and you can boldly walk into the throne room of God, a grace, and be with the Father because of what Christ has done 
for you. And, and, and I, we just don't understand what boldly and confidently means. Boldly is this, willing to take a risk or move past fear. It's willing to take a risk, moving past our fear. That's boldness. It's like, uh, there's, a, there's this fear that's keeping me from back, but boldly is just walking past through that fear saying, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to enter into the, into the throne room of God and I'm going to ask and I'm going to sit in his presence knowing that he has the power to take my life if he wanted to, but he loves me and he wants me in his presence confidently with little to no doubt. Confidence. Think of Esther when she, when she walked into uh, the king's chambers and she could be killed because you don't do that. You don't just walk into the king's chambers. And, and she walked in to, to, to plead on behalf of her people and she walked in boldly, taking a risk, confidently, with little to no doubt that God was going to answer her prayers and that the king was going to answer what she wanted, her request to save her people. I think so many of us forget this. We just don't want to step out in boldness. We don't want to step out confidently because we don't truly understand who our God is. We think maybe he'll do it. Maybe he won't. Maybe he's not strong enough. But I'm telling you, we need to boldly and confidently walk into the throne room of God. If my faith is in anything other than who God is, if it's in anything other than who God is, then my faith is built on an unstable foundation. Like I said, we lose faith because we're worried about the things of God and not who God is in himself. Psalm 62, 5 through 8 says this, Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I will not be shaken. Man, when you, when you get into the presence of God, you cannot be shaken. When you walk into the presence of God, you find joy, you find peace, you find stability. When you're in the presence of God, fear must bow, fear must leave, anxiety must disappear. When you're in the presence of God, disease goes away. When you're in the presence of God, your hopes are in Him. I don't know about you, but there's nothing like being in the presence of God. Like when you know it, like you're always in the presence of God. But when, you, when he manifests himself and you realize that, oh, I'm standing in the presence of God. And he's right here with you. And so many people miss it because they're not open to allowing God to speak to them where they're at. They're afraid to move in. They're not bold and they're not confident. And they're like, maybe God, I can come in. Maybe not. I don't know. But we need to step out in faith knowing that God's going to be there. You know, sometimes God calls you to do weird things. Or things that don't make sense to you. Like, God, why am I doing this? He's like, just, just do it. And, and, and after you do the thing, then you're like, oh, okay, that's why you wanted me to do it. But there was a confidence that you had to take to do it, right? There was a boldness that you had to have to step out in faith knowing that God is going to be there when you get there, that his presence is going to be there when you get there. How many of you have took a step of faith and not knowing that God was there, you're hoping God was going to be there, right? And you take a step of faith, and guess what? God was there. His presence was there. Everything 
that he had for you was there, and you just had to step out in faith. Maybe it was taking a new job. Maybe it was stepping into a ministry. Maybe, uh, I don't know what it was, a, jo- a, a, a business adventure that you, that you felt like God was telling you to do, or maybe just going next door to your neighbor's house and telling them about Jesus. But when you got there, what happened? He didn't leave you there. He's like, <laughs> see you later. No, he, he was with you. He was like, come on, I got this. I got this. I'm with you. I'm going to give you the words to say. I'm going to make sure that you have all that you need because I told you to do this. It's boldness. It's confidence. God is with us. Mm. I think of the Apostle Paul. Like this man was going around murdering other Christians. He was going around chasing them down, trying to wipe out this this new faith that had popped up in this man named Jesus. And then what happened? On the way to murder, murder and on the way to arrest these Christians, Jesus comes down and he gets in the presence of God and, and it changes his life. We call this the road to Damascus. It was a road to Damascus experience. We say this as a, as a Christian term. It's, it's that time where you meet God so powerfully that your life shifts from one way to another. It's that repentance from, from who I am to who God wants me to be. And I know I'm looking around here and I've seen many of you and, and, and you've had that road to Damascus experience where you have experienced God in such a powerful way that you can no longer be who you used to be. And now you're walking in who God made you to be and, and, and you're walking in confidence and you're walking boldly because I've got a glimpse of glory. I've got a glimpse of my God. I know that he is real. I have, I have a solid foundation for that, an unshakable foundation because you've had that moment with God. Maybe it was at a kid's camp or a youth camp. Maybe it was a church service. Maybe it was on your back porch reading the Bible. Maybe you were just out enjoying nature and God met you in a powerful way. Maybe it was in a pain. Maybe it was in a joy. I don't know, but many of you have met God in a powerful way and were aware of his presence. And I think a lot of us just need to step back and think about that moment where God met you. Think about that moment where you were just, you knew that God was there and that God was with you. Maybe it's that day where you gave your life to Christ and you said, Jesus, I understand you're the, I don't know, but God, you're all I need because nothing else is making sense. Amen. That's that moment when you understand that God is present, that he's chasing you down, that he's coming after you because he loves you. He will never leave you alone. He will never abandon you. It's that moment where his presence invades earth. He invades your very place where you're at. You know, it's hot outside. And in summers, it gets really hot, right? Around here. And, and you're walking around with your family and maybe you come to a store and you, the door opens up. And what happens? That cool air hits you. And you're like, oh yeah, it feels so good. I'm coming in there. That's how it is with God's presence. It's like, the door's open, guys. Jesus opened the door. And sometimes we just catch a glimpse of that, right? We get to catch a glimpse of that, that coolness of who God is, that, that air of who God is, that, that wind of God. And we're like, oh, I'm just going to come in. I'm just going to come in and stay a while. I'm going to kick my shoes off. I'm going to stay a while. I'm going to stay a while. Sometimes we just need to kick our shoes off and stay a while. We got so rushed and so hurried 
and we fail to take time to be with God, and he's just saying, come, come, spend time with me, come, I have been waiting for you, just come, stop being so busy about things that I'm going to take care of anyway, just come spend time with me, come be my son, come be my daughter, we just need to understand that. Where God's presence is is where the point of contact where heaven meets earth. It's a place where his grace meets your sin. It's all about his presence. It's all about the presence of God. We see this beautifully illustrated in the tabernacle with the table of presence. Leviticus 24 says this, Then the Lord said to Moses, Command the people of Israel to bring you pure oil of pressed olives, for lights, to keep the lamps burning continually. This is the lampstand that stands in the tabernacle in front of the inner curtain that shields the Ark of the Covenant. Aaron must keep the lamps burning in the Lord's presence all night. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed from generation to generation. Aaron and the priest must tend the lamps on, on the pure gold lampstand continually in the Lord's presence. This lampstand was, was, was sitting in the what they call the Holy, the, the holy of Holies, and there was two big articles in there. One was the lampstand, and one was the table. The lampstand was the light that shined so people could see in the Holy of Holies. It was to stand there before the presence of God continually, so it would light the way to the presence of God. And the, the table was the table of presence. And we're going to just read about that, what, what God wanted to do with the table of presence. And the table of presence, he says, you must tend the lamps, and then you must bake 12 flat loaves of bread from choice flour, using four quarts of flour for each loaf. Each Then place the bread before the Lord on the pure gold table. We couldn't afford a gold table, sorry. <laughs> and arrange the loaves in two stacks, with six loaves in each stack. Put some pure frankincense near each stack to serve as a represent, representative offering, a special gift presented to the Lord. And every Sabbath day, this bread must be laid out before the Lord as a gift from the Israelites. It is an ongoing expression of an eternal covenant. It's an ongoing expression of an eternal covenant. The loaves of bread will belong to Aaron and his descendants, who must eat them in a sacred place, for they are most holy. It is the permanent right of the priest to claim this portion of the special gifts presented to the Lord. This was a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ. This table was a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ. See, the, the priests would come and they would lay down six loaves, one, or 12 loaves, one for each tribe. And it would sit before the presence of God. This table of presence would sit before the presence of God continually. And it was a, it was a sign, a covenant saying that God wants us to be in his presence. And you know what? You know what uh, gets us into the presence of other people? Food. Food. Think about this. When you sit down with somebody, there's a connection. When you sit down for a meal, there's an intimate connection with them. You're no longer just bystanders. You are meeting them as a friend. You are meeting them to sit down and come to an agreement of, of the relationship. And this, and this table that God had asked the Israelites to set up was a symbol of his wanting us to have a relationship with him. It's a symbol of us being in his presence. 
being where God wants us to be, that we are dining with the Father. We are dining with the Father. It's a foreshadowing of Christ. It's all about His presence. It's all about His presence. Jesus, when He died on the cross, when He was resurrected, what happened? Well, He rose again. But Scripture says that the curtain in that temple was ripped in half. Where that most holy place was, where the bread of presence was and the lampstand was, it was shining on this curtain. And behind that curtain was the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant represented the presence, the manifest presence of our Father, God. And when Jesus died and he was resurrected, it says that that curtain, when he died on the cross, that curtain ripped in two and that separation between God and his people was gone. That's why Jesus came. He didn't come just to get you out of hell. He came to get you into the presence. He he came so you could come and be with God, the Father, that you could stand in His presence, you could sit in His presence, that you could know that God loves you and God is there for you and that He wants to give you all of Himself and that He wants all of you in return. That's all. Just all of you. Not much. See, Jesus was what? Scripture refers to him as the light. Well, the lampstand gave light. The scripture says that he was the light, and the light was the light of man so that people could see the Father. What did that lampstand do? It gave light to the whole room so people could see into the most holy place. And then scripture also says that Jesus was the bread. He was the bread of life. And that that bread was the life of men, right? That, that bread was for us. And I want to give you a deep thing. Back to this passage in Leviticus, the very last verse. said, These loaves of bread will belong to Aaron and his descendants, who must eat them in a sacred place, for they are most holy. It's a permanent right of the priest to claim this portion of the special gifts presented to the Lord. Like, what does that have to do with me? Well, when you come to faith, when you give your life to Jesus, guess what? You're a priest. You're a priest. You are saved to be a priest. You're saved to be a minister unto the Lord. And the bread is a permanent right. Jesus is a permanent right to you. See, all this stuff, like I said, from the beginning to the end and all the way through the middle is all about God saying, I just want you present. (laughs) I just want to be present with you. Your sins have separated me from you. Your your waywardness has separated you from me. You have ran away from my presence. And he's saying, just come back. Just come back. I want you present with me. I want you to come and sit and eat with me. I want to know you, and I want you to know me. That's the God I serve. That's the Father that loves me. Jesus set the table. Jesus set the table. When he died, when he was resurrected, he set the table. He said, come. Come into my Father's house. Come to the wedding feast. Come and just be in the presence of God. He set the table. Psalm 23 says this. He says, 
that he sets the table for me in the presence of my enemies. Jesus set the table in the presence of all your enemies, in the presence of Satan. He set the table. So will you come? Will you come to the table? Will you come into his presence? He's wanting you. He's saying, come to me. All who are weary, all who are heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest. He's saying, come to me. Just come to me. And your life will change forever when you understand the presence of God and the power of God to meet you. Your life will change forever. My life changed forever when I had that experience with God. When God met me, oh, when I crashed into his presence, when, when he came crashing into me, I didn't come crashing into him, he came crashing into me. And my life was shifted forever. I am no longer who I used to be, not even close. Because God revealed himself to me. And I understood, oh God, you are the father that I've always wanted. You are the father that loves me. You want me present with you. I just want to be in your presence. What do I have to look forward to? His presence. What do I have to look forward to now? His presence. It's always here. You just got to step into it. You got to take faith. You got to walk boldly and confidently into his presence. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. So each of, each of you should have gotten a communion element when you walk in. It's a little plastic cup. If you did not get one, please raise your hand and we'll get you one. Where's my communion? Oh, there it is. Jesus, uh, on the day of his betrayal, he sat down with his 12 disciples. And he was telling them about everything that he was going to do. And they were kind of dull. They didn't really know what was going on. But Jesus told them, take heart because I'm going to make everything new. And he sits with his disciples and he tells them about what's going to happen. He takes this bread and he says, this bread, I'll use this, it's bigger. He goes, this bread is my body. It's broken for you. This bread is broken for you so that you may be made whole. And then he ripped it and he gave each one a piece. And then he said, this cup, this cup is the cup of the new covenant that I'm making with you. In the tabernacle, what was this? It was a reminder of the covenant, right? He said, do this because it's a covenant between my people and me. And Jesus said, I'm making a new covenant. This cup is a cup of the new covenant. My, body, my blood is poured out for your sins, that you may be made clean, that you may approach the throne room of God because you are all priests. When you come into faith, you become a priest. You become an heir, but you also become a priest. And so you can boldly walk into the presence of God. No one was allowed to enter the presence of God in that tabernacle except for the high priest. And he could only go once a year. But through Jesus, we all get access. We don't have to go through anybody else. We can walk boldly and confidently into the throne room of grace 
through the covenant that Jesus made, the new covenant that he made. He said, this is my blood, this is my cup of the new covenant that's poured out for you as an offering so that you may come to the Father. That's why we take communion together. It's a reminder of the covenant that Jesus made with us, that we may enter the throne room of God through his body. That curtain was ripped in half. Think about this. Jesus became the curtain. Through his body, we enter into the presence of God. I know it's a weird illustration, but just think about it. Through his body, he had made a way for us to go into the presence of God. And so that's why we take this together. So I want you guys to stand with me. We just need to understand that through his presence, all things, all things are made new. Through his presence, every bit of chaos becomes order. God was there in the beginning. He's there at the end. He's there in the middle. God was there before you were formed. He was there. He knew the days of your life. He knows every moment of your life. He sees the pain that you're in. He sees the trials that you go through. And you may not think he's there, but he's there. His presence is always there. From beginning to end and everything in between. That's the beauty of our Father. That's the grace that's available to us through the body and blood of Christ Jesus. And so believers, we do this as a symbol of Christ's sacrifice for us, that through his body, when it was broken, that was broken for us, that we were made whole. That's all of us, every part, mind, body, soul, spirit. Every part of us was made whole through his body that was broken for us, that was beaten and hung on the cross. And when he died, his blood was poured out for us as a sacrifice that we may be made whole and clean and our sins will be washed away. He was resurrected so that we may live and be present with God. Amen. Amen. So what I want you to do is I'm going to take your bread up. We're going to pray over this. And before we do this, I just want us to physically do an activation of faith. Just imagine yourself at the threshold of God's presence. And, and if you feel comfortable, maybe you're like, man, I just need God's presence right now. I need to step into his presence. Just, just take a small step forward and say, God, I want to be in your presence before we take this together. I want to sit with you. I want to dine with you. I want to be in your presence, God. Thank you, Father, for that. So let's take this bread together and this cup together. As just a reminder of what God has done for us. So Lord, we lift this bread up to you and we thank you, God, for Jesus who, who died for us, that his body was broken for us, that we may be made whole, that by his stripes we are healed, that by his body that was beaten, that we did not have to be beaten for you, God, that we, we are whole through your body, Christ. We love you for that. And Lord, we thank you for the body that was broken for us. Let's break the bread and eat it. Father, I thank you for the cup, the cup of the new covenant. The cup that says that I don't have to be good enough to get to you. 
that all of my struggles, all of my things that I try to do to be right with you, God, that my good deeds, they don't matter. But I am made right by the blood of Christ and Christ alone. That Christ alone is the way to the Father and no other way. Jesus, you said that there was only one way to the Father and it's through you, through your body, through your blood. And Father, I thank you that we have full access to you through Jesus Christ. And we accept this new covenant. God, that our deeds do not get us to you, but only the blood of Christ. And Lord, we take this covenant and we, we drink it in remembrance that Christ has died for us, that he cleansed us, and that he's coming back for us, a beautiful bride, radiant in glory. God, a bride that is unstained by the world, but it stands strong and firm in the faith. I thank you, Lord, for that. Let's take the Father, I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for your presence. God, I thank you for your mercy. Lord, it's all about your presence. It's all about your presence. Lord, let us not be too busy to stop and be in your presence. Let us not be so caught up in the things that we think we have to do that we forget to stop and just sit with you. Lord, every day that we wake up, let us just wake up looking forward to your presence. That we wake up aware of your presence. That we go to bed aware of your presence. That we know that you are there in everything we're going through. Thank you, Father. read a psalm to you before we close. Psalm 139. The Psalm of David, and he talks about the presence of God. I'm going to read the whole thing. I don't think we have the whole thing up there, but I'm going to go and read it. It's good for you to remember. Maybe this week, open to Psalm 139 and read it every day. Just a reminder of God's presence in your life. King David wrote this and it says this, O Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. And yet he still chose us. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> you know when I sit down and when I stand up, you know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say before I say it. And yet he still loves us. <laughs> you go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. If I ride on the wings of morning, if I dwell on the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me. I read this earlier in the message. And the light around me to become night. But even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. And it continues. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. 
and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me even before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. They even numbered the grains of the sand. When I wake up, you are still with me. It's an amazing thing. God's presence is always with you. I hope you realize that today. I want us to sing this song together. It's a song we sang a minute ago. And just think about God's presence and just sit in His presence. Do whatever you need to do. Just take time to be in God's presence this morning. I guarantee He wants to meet you. He wants to remind you that He's here with you. He's here in you. And he's here for you. Just take a moment and let's worship.